Hello, everybody, and welcome back to another episode of Top of the List. I'm your host, Dom, here with my co-host, RB. Say what's up, RB. What's up, everybody? And this week, we're coming at you with a double drop of Top of the List reviews. Um, This first review here, we're going to be talking about Tales of the Jedi, the newest Star Wars animated, I don't know if you call it a series, but it's more so just a collection of shorts um, that were added onto Disney Plus um, today, as we're recording, recording this on Wednesday night. So they're available now if you want to go check them out. If you haven't, um, go check them out, come back, because we will be talking about everything that happens. And there are some spoilers that that happen, and we want to talk about those here. So give them the spoiler warning, RB. Diving right into the spoilers, because that's really what this series was, was an in-depth look at a lot of backstory of characters in Star Wars that through whether it was the films, whether it was the Clone Wars and later in Rebels, you know, characters we've come to love but wanted a little bit more about. And, um, you know, this was something that I think you and I were both super excited about, Dom. Yeah. And we'll we'll definitely talk about the execution. I think I yeah. think that's this had the uh, had the potential to be in something incredible. And yeah. I think they definitely hit it out of the park in certain aspects. And there were some that they just popped out to the picture, so to speak. Uh, yeah, absolutely. I great great analogies there, RB. I love it. You're oh, you're World locked series in. Time. World Series to, uh, starts tomorrow, right? Love it, love it, absolutely. Yep. yep. So yeah, I, I think you're 100 correct there, RB. Let's start off with our scores, and like you said, it's kind of a mixed bag. So let, let's break it down first. We have six episodes, each of them running between what was it, 12 to 19 minutes? 12 and, and yeah, I think 18 or 19 was the last one. Yeah, so we had six six of that length of episodes, which they didn't mark it early on. And when I saw the first trailer, I was under the impression this was going to be a full series. And it's okay that it's not. Um, did this leave me wanting more? In some ways, yes. In some ways, no. That's why this is really a mixed bag yeah. for me. But it's hard for me to give this anything below a good score because yeah. I enjoyed it. I, I thoroughly enjoyed this, what is it, an hour and 15 minutes of episodes? I, I enjoyed yeah. it. Yeah. So I, I, uh, I'd probably say I give this a seven, maybe seven and a half. Yeah, I'm, I'm right there with you. Again, there were some episodes here that were nine, nine and a half, or dare right. I even say 10 out of 10 episodes. But there were some episodes that just didn't hit home for me. So again, I think I can't quite give it that great score. So I'm going to stick with a seven and a half out of 10 as well. Excellent. Excellent. So let, let's break it down by the order they released them in, which first off was interesting the way they released them. I was under the impression we were going to get similar to the way they used to do the Clone Wars, you know, three episode arc and then three episode arc. But the way they broke this one up was kind of interesting where we have um, the first episode showing baby Ahsoka, which um, the way these episodes were ordered, if I'm not mistaken, RB, were you under the impression these were in chronological order? Uh, So I, I actually did not think about that, but yeah, I, I don't think that could make sense. Yeah, that's what I was wondering if you yeah, knew or in, not. Because was Ahsoka episode, born before the Phantom Menace? Yeah, that that could the way okay. how young Qui Gon was in Episode Two. I I do not know the the reasoning for the release in the release order here. Um, but honestly, I'm not a fan of it as well because okay. I think Episode One completely fell flat. And by the end of Episode One, I was questioning, do I want to watch the rest of the series? Yeah, uh, because I think like you, I expected after hearing it would be. A series that was broken down a little bit about Ahsoka, a little bit about Count Dooku, young Count Dooku. Um, I thought it was going to be three Ahsoka episodes and then three Dooku episodes. And we start with Ahsoka here. And I said, are we really going to go through the entire childhood of Ahsoka Tano? 
because this this first episode to me just really I I don't know what it did to advance any plot. I it guess didn't it didn't add anything. Yeah, we know we know she was force sensitive. That was not a surprise to us. Right. This was not the introduction of a new force sensitive character. It was cool, I guess, to put it on screen. But I mean, honestly, I have a question for you. Okay. Um, because I never watched this. The Clone Wars. There was a, a film, if I'm not mistaken, right? Clone Wars yeah. film before. That took place the event before the series. Yeah, it's sort of the introduction of the Ahsoka Tano character. Yes. How how far back does that go? Does that have her on her homeworld? And it it literally starts. Um, she just kind of drops down in the middle of this battle. She says, "Master Yoda sent me to be Anakin's padawan." And that's okay. It. So we don't get any backstory. No. On so, okay. Again, yeah. aesthetically, I think it was gorgeous. I, yeah. I'm a big fan of how far the animation has come from watching the first episodes of Clone Wars to what we see with the, uh, I mean, the detail on the faces of, of Ahsoka's people uh, is, is incredible. And the trees, yeah. and I mean, it's, it's gorgeous. The, the tie, I don't, I know it's not a tiger, but the tiger like beast that right. she's able to have the force connection with uh, similar to, we see in, in rebels um, that sort of force utilizing to connect with nature. Um, I just, Again, this episode did not hit home for me. This was definitely the weakest episode in the series as far as I'm concerned. Yeah, I, I agree with you there, RB. To me, this almost felt like maybe a deleted scene they could have had at some point, And then they just kind of felt, well, let's finish this and put it in somewhere. Yeah, and almost yeah. like an opening scene to that film before Ahsoka's dropped into the battle, as you, exactly. as you explained. Yeah. Exactly. So it kind of started off the series lukewarm, but then I was delighted to see that we get three episodes of Count Dooku, a nice little trilogy here. And what, what was your impression on all the Count Dooku stuff? Yeah, these started again, didn't know what to expect. It took me even a little bit yeah. to realize that that was young Count Dooku and young Qui-Gon in the episode Justice, because again, when they're talking about going to the village, I just assumed these were two Jedis going to pick up a young Ahsoka Tano and bring her to the Jedi Temple. Mm -hmm. So it took me a while to even figure out. And I said, oh, that's Dooku. And that's young, young Qui-Gon. Now this arc, two, three, and four. So episodes Justice, Choices, and the Sith Lord. I thought were incredible. But I thought they may have mirrored a little bit too closely Anakin Skywalker's right. character development. And it felt like if all of this was happening with Dooku, and people were aware of it. How did they not see the signs with Anakin? Yes, I 100% I agree with you, RB. And that's kind of what it was meant to be. As far as I know, that's the way George Lucas wrote these original, you know, not these original, these prequel films, mm -hmm. right? One, two, and three. He wrote them as a foreshadow of what would come to Anakin. Uh, for example, the main villain in The Phantom Menace, Maul, which we get a lot of name drops of in, yep. in these episodes. Um he was kind of foreshadowing the dark side of the force that was looming over what could become of Anakin. Then episode two, we get Count Dooku, a Jedi that falls to the dark side. Again, foreshadowing what could happen to Anakin. And then one of the biggest villains in Revenge of the Sith is General Grievous, right. a half man, half machine, yes. foreshadowing what Anakin would become. Yep. And I think that's what they were building on here for sure. And like you said, it could be a positive, could be a negative. Um, yeah, how, how did the Jedi not see this coming? That's kind of what I'm wondering yeah. as well. Now, that being said, um, and we discussed this a little bit uh, off air, but I love how um, this this mirrored, similarly to the the Clone Wars finales, how these episodes coincided with the films. Uh, most yes. notably, the Sith Lord, episode four here, uh, coinciding with the Phantom Menace. Uh, obviously, one of our least favorite, if not our least favorite Star Wars feature film. I, I would liken it as well to... Um, to Rogue One, another yeah. one that I'm not a big fan of. Dare, but, dare um, I say, RB, dare I say, 
this, this specifically episode four, the the right. Sith Lord. I mean, might have made the Phantom Menace better in some yes, ways. With without a doubt, <laughs> everything that we get of the seeds planting, Count Dooku planting these seeds pre Clone Wars to essentially start the Clone Wars, the the deletion of the Camino archives, the uh, the uh, bond between him and uh, and uh, uh, obviously the uh, Chancellor Palpatine, uh, everything is is just incredible in it. Uh, so I'm I'm gonna go as far as saying that this episode, the Sith Lord, was a ten out of ten. Yeah, I even may give choices that yeah. have an episode as well because that begins to start to plant the ideas and even even justice, uh, the ideas in in Count Dooku's head of the Separatists and you know yes. the negativity and of the Senate. Now yeah, and, my question yeah. for you, and I don't know if you know this, mm-hmm. does Dooku know that Lord Sidious is? Chancellor Palpatine. Yes. Because that's okay. So he does. That's my only caveat is if I he realizes that. if he realizes that he's the, the chancellor, the head of the Senate. Yeah. Why does he believe, you know, he's why is that's to him yeah. doing the same thing that people are complaining about the Jedi just being the Senate lapdogs. Right. So that right. that was kind of a head scratcher to me on his motive. And I'll also that, yeah. I'll also remind you though, real quick here, while we're talking about the Chancellor himself. One of the biggest plot points that, that usually no one remembers because it's such a snoozeworthy plot point is this whole political struggle with Chancellor Palpatine and the fact that he becomes Chancellor in Episode One, The Phantom yes, Menace, his does, plight yeah. to become Chancellor. And um, so I think maybe that's kind of where Dooku slipped up a little bit. He didn't see that the, that he was going to become Chancellor, and that's when he realized, oh, this is out of my control. Maybe. But even before that point, he was a senator from, from Naboo, From correct? Naboo, Ex- exactly, yeah. yeah. So, yeah, I, I really did enjoy these three episodes, RB. And, yeah, and, um, and let's talk yeah. about the, uh, the the lightsaber battle at the end between yeah. Dooku and Master Yaddle, which is a, a big key point for me because Master Yaddle makes an appearance. This is yes. the female Yoda, for those of you who have not seen it, or female Yoda-like creature yeah. in The Phantom Menace. And yeah. then we never see, you know, sitting on yeah. the Jedi Council, we never see her again. So I was so excited that they they actually characterized and explained where she went besides just going with it was kind of a weird costume design or weird CG design at that point. Yeah, absolutely. And um, one one thing I want to know what your opinion on here is, RB, is, well, first of all, Bryce Dallas Howard um, voices Yaddle. Mm-hmm. Now, the voice of Yaddle is a regular voice. Did that throw you off at all, RB? No, uh, no Yoda-esque I- I mean, I, I see what you're saying. Riddles. I see what you're saying. Absolutely. But I, at the time, no, I wasn't. Didn't bother that me. Way. It really didn't bother me. But I was just like, me. that's kind of interesting. Maybe is Yoda just fucking with us? Is he just <laughs> talking in riddles just he to just, fuck with us? He's just super wise. Well, <laughs> yeah. maybe that's how they, I mean, what is he? 900? Maybe he's just way older. And that's what I, happens. I gonna, or that's Yeah, that's how they spoke 900 years ago. I mean, you yeah. look at the evolution of from old English to middle English to what we speak now, and it's not even resembling. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. So that that's a good explanation. Yeah, and, and the best part about these episodes, RB, was that it did the same thing that the Clone Wars, the best parts of the Clone Wars were, number one, that it humanized the clones, and number two, it showed that the Jedi Council were actually the bad guys in many ways in this trilogy. Yeah, yeah. And that, and you know, a lot of people didn't appreciate that when these prequels came out. They wanted to have it the way that the original films were, which was Jedi are good, Sith are bad. And and George Lucas was bold enough. Now, in hindsight, we can look back and say he was bold enough to kind of make the typical heroes of his films villains in some ways and, you know, make 
you know, bad choices. And that's kind of what these episodes emphasized. And that's what the Jedi are, are really responsible for their own downfall. It's, it's not an act of hubris when the Sith say that it is the truth. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Um, they, they somewhat stray from the path. And I think Count Dooku realizes this Yeah, as peacekeepers to become as, as they're called by the, the soldiers who killed the, uh, killed the Jedi master, the lap dogs of the Senate. Yeah, you know, just go in and do the Senate's bidding. Uh, you know, when yeah. people aren't following Senate law, they're, they're sort of the enforcers. Yep. Yeah. So I, I I couldn't agree more with you. Now uh, yep. let's let's just talk about the, these last two episodes. Now. Yeah. So practice make per- makes perfect and resolve. Following the Sith Lord, the final episode where we see Dooku turn from Jedi to Sith, mm-hmm. uh, we get two more Ahsoka episodes. Uh, let's start with. I thought practice. these were okay. I, I I thought it was okay. I definitely liked one better than the other i liked the the finale so to speak the final episode resolve yeah better than practice makes perfect again we discussed as as you discussed so well in in talking about the first episode uh life and death this felt like it could have been a flashback scene before the final the second to the last or last episode of the clone wars where we see ahsoka survive that epic battle with the clone army ahsoka and rex i should say yeah what a great sequence (laughs) but again this was a sequence that Mm -hmm. i just watched clone Mm -hmm. wars you know i i finished clone wars not five months ago so i remember that scene vividly i think people who watch clone wars when it came out may may not even have remembered that scene you know Mm -hmm. you know seeing that her go in to face off the with the droid army following uh order 66 right right yeah um i think that the just the main these theme of this episode was that you know the only reason Ahsoka was able to survive was because of Anakin and um you know she trained or sorry Anakin trained Ahsoka to fight opponents that far outnumbered her just like even without knowing it maybe it was kind of like a force sensitive thing that he did without knowing that order 66 would happen that he knew she would be in a situation like this and the best way he could like he says in this episode best thing he could do is teach her how to protect him herself yeah that way he doesn't have to protect her when he's not around which he does he's and again i think more speaking about the force sensitive sensitivity and knowing how powerful of a jedi anakin is he may have even sensed that because he, he directly alludes to saying you know you're not always going to be facing off with droids so right. to me that's him even you know maybe unknowingly having, you know, force visions that it's not just going to be clones who are firing on you that are predictable. I'm I'm sorry, droids who are firing on you that are predictable. You know, there are going to be other enemies, whether those are, you know, he sees those as the clones or whatnot. Uh, I thought there was a a beautiful kind of euphony, euphony, euphony there for lack of a better term, euphony of the droid, the clones attacking ahsoka in practice and in the end obviously the clones attacking the jedi in in order 66 at the end of a uh, revenge of the sith and i kind of feel like they added this episode to this collection um tales of the jedi because first and foremost a lot of people were wondering why the all these jedi masters die at the hand of the clones but ahsoka who's not even a jedi at that point is able to survive and this answered that question and i think that's good that they no. answered a question that people had follow-up here mm-hmm. and this is a a part that upsets me because i think they had a golden opportunity here to explain where ahsoka learned to wield two lightsabers and they yes. didn't touch on it because that's yes. such a it just happens in the clone wars yeah all of a sudden she starts wielding two lightsabers and again in this episode there's a time jump forward and now she's able to wield two they should have shown her 
choosing. I thought perhaps that she, the reason she chose two lightsabers is because she kept getting outnumbered by these clones and she figured I need two lightsabers to defeat them. I thought that would have been a cool way to show that. I agree. I agree. So they did a little bit of a missed opportunity there, but um, let's, let's talk about this last one, RB. Um, This is like, I think you said it off, off the air that this is a great bridge between the end of the Clone Wars and Rebels. Correct. Yes. And now, I think that's what this one does best. Yeah, absolutely. And that's that's precisely what it does with a character development of Ahsoka. Ahsoka at the end of this episode, uh, as we see from the end of the Clone Wars, still sort of feels misplaced. You know, yes, she survives Order 66, but she doesn't feel uh, a Jedi anymore. She needs to just watch out for herself at this point. Mm-hmm. And I, I think Bail Organa gives a great lesson as he's sort of speaking to the, the patrol clones. Um, but he's really speaking to Ahsoka, who's mm-hmm. hanging onto the roof. Mm-hmm. um about you know we all have to do our duty um and i think i think that's great i i think this episode is a little on the nose um yeah. because it literally goes from ahsoka at the end of a well end of a uh, revenge of the sith i can say mm-hmm. she wasn't in revenge of the siths but mm-hmm. that uh, time period that time period to ahsoka joining bail organa who we see in rebels to sort of lead this rebellion yeah so uh, again a little bit on the nose but yeah. I enjoyed the episode. My one complaint is I feel like this took away from something that could have been in the new Ahsoka show. Perhaps. Yeah, perhaps. I, I think you're onto something there, RB. I, I like the way that you summarized that message that that is really what, you, you know, I, and I, I don't want to spoil anything because I don't know how far you are in Rebels. But, mm-hmm. you know, there's a famous line that Ahsoka has that has to do with her not being a Jedi anymore. And that's kind of what she realized over the course of her whole character arc in, you know, from the end of the Clone Wars to Rebels. And, you know, we'll see, we've seen in The Mandalorian, we've seen it, we're going to see it more in the Ahsoka show, like you said, that just because you're a Jedi doesn't make you good. And just because you're not a Jedi doesn't make you good as well. And I I like that idea because um, that's who Ahsoka is. She's just good. And that's, she's a force user that just does the right thing. And I think that's what makes her one of the best characters in star Wars. Yeah, absolutely. I agree. Uh, I mean, even to the point of making her, you know, as we see, not just with her skill, but with her maturity as well, far better than a lot of the Jedi we see, Um, you know, because she has that maturity to realize that. And again, we we've talked about this in our review of the clone wars, the character development they've made for Ahsoka and Bravo to uh, Ashley Eckstein, who does the voice also, You know, staying on the baseball trend here, sister of a longtime shortstop for the St. Louis Cardinals, David Eckstein. Have yeah. a good plug there. But um, <laughs> bravo to Ashley Eckstein on all of her work as Ahsoka. Again, it almost feels like a betrayal with Rosario Dawson now playing uh, <laughs> playing Ahsoka Tano because Ashley Eckstein has embodied that role in yeah. Rebels, in Clone Wars, now in this. Uh, I didn't realize it was still her at the time until mm-hmm. I just you know looked it up. But I think uh, she's, she's an amazing in this role. And she, as... A human being obviously as people grow and you know she's matured and the way her character has matured over time as well has been incredible absolutely that's a great note to end it on there rb um and rb the deep cuts i didn't know that stuff that her brother was the shortstop yes sir. wow yeah, okay. a long time he was an angel and then angel probably before you and i were watching baseball and then for most of our childhood he was with the cardinals getting a little bit older but he was a leadoff hitter fast contact hitter got on base he was a great ball player well, RB, if anyone ever doubted your place on top of the list, <laughs> they won't anymore. They know why you're here. We need this I, is what we need I you for. I appreciate that. I may not have the the Star Wars or the DC or Marvel expertise <laughs> that you do, but I can I can pull the deep deep cuts for baseball anytime. 
<laughs> awesome. So if you guys want to check out more of our reviews, most recently, last week, we reviewed, of course, I'm blanking as I was about <laughs> to say that. Yes. Um, honestly, me too. What, <laughs> what did we review last week? Um, I don't remember. Wow. I, I, I was going to hand it over to you, RB. Wow. Yeah. Um, but you could check out our other reviews too. Yeah. We, I mean, we, we reviewed had, we had Pinocchio. Oh, Werewolf by Night. There you go. Yep. I, I'm not remembering what we did uh, last week, but two weeks ago was definitely Werewolf by Night. Um, and then, of course, we're doing a double drop, as you alluded to earlier, Dom, as I, I uh, fumble for time so you can pull up what our last episode was. Uh, <laughs> we'll be doing a double drop today. So stay tuned also for Black Adam. Yes. Both were able to get to the theaters this week uh, or weekend to see it. And we have a lot of opinions on that as well. So stay tuned for that. That'll be a, a fun one as well. We'll be discussing that and dropping that simultaneously with this one. Yeah, you can go and check that one out right now. They'll be out at the same time as this yeah. review. So go check out Black Adam and check out our last week review of She-Hulk Season 1. She-Hulk Season 1. There we go. <laughs> that was a lot of fun. We had a lot of fun talking oh, yes, about we, that. We had we a lot to say. That show. Yes. Uh, I mean, didn't expect much and it, it gave us as much as we could talk about for sure. Absolutely. Yeah. So go check out those reviews, guys, and we'll see you on the next episode of Top of the List. Later, everybody.